Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Oh, that with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may Join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and did now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory, revive us again, fill each heart with thy love, may so be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory, revival. Chariots are coming and I don't want to be left out. 
Well, there's a long white road in the heavens I know. Long white road in the heavens I know. Long white road in the heavens I know. I said good news. Good news. Chariots are coming. Good news. Good news. Chariots are coming. So glad. So glad. Chariots are coming and I don't want to be left out. In that great, I getting up a morning fairly well, fairly well. In that great, I getting up a morning fairly well, fairly well. In that great, I getting up a morning fairly well, fairly well. In that great, I getting up morning fairly well, fairly I think it is appropriate for us to celebrate our Baptist men, especially on Baptist Men's Day, but it's probably appropriate to celebrate them often, more often than that. Uh, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, with love overflowing, we thank you for the godly men who serve and lead at Red Hill Baptist Church. Father, you and your sovereign goodness called them here. You have uniquely gifted them to minister to your people. You bless their labor by granting the increase and reaping the harvest of souls. Praise and honor to your holy name. Father, as we now turn our attention to your word, help us to see your wonderful truth of doing justice by giving what is due. In Christ's name, amen. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs 3.27, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. This morning we have given thanks, respect, and honor due those who serve the Lord. This is doing justice. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. This morning we have watered those who work every week to water us by celebrating and giving recognition and love to those who labor among us. This is doing justice. Since today's Sunday school lesson was about doing justice, I have been led by the Lord to continue this special focus by sharing a personal testimony about doing justice. By giving what is due. This morning our Sunday school lesson writer reminded us that our job as believers is to stand up against the brokenness, the injustice in our world. Eighteen years ago, my wife and I, Tanya, uh, were called by the Lord to intervene in the ill treatment of three young women, Jasmine, Holly, and Alex. As the first documented case of human trafficking in North Carolina, they needed, well, everything. They cried out for justice for 13 years, and the Lord sent Tanya and I to them to render what was due. There are many stories Tanya and I could tell you, 
but for the sake of time, I will share just two. The first story is about doing justice by keeping the three girls together and providing them a safe, loving home. The injustice being perpetrated against them ended when my wife Tanya, acting in her positional authority with DSS and with the aid of her co-workers and local law enforcement, removed all three girls from their hellish prison. The older two girls, Jasmine and Holly, came to live with us early on, while Alex, the youngest girl, was placed by DSS into foster care since she was not yet 18. The separation proved unbearable for all three girls and hit hard the day that DSS allowed them a one-hour visit at Wendy's Restaurant in Monroe. They spent the entire hour sitting on the floor in the women's restroom, wrapped in each other's arms, engulfed in uncontrollable sobs. It was clear. The Lord wanted them to be together under our roof. So we got on our knees in prayer, literally got on our knees in prayer for months, employed an attorney, and went to court. By the grace of God, we were awarded custody of Alex and took all three of the girls into our home. We committed to the girls to be their parents, and they became our daughters. Our three sons committed to the girls to be their brothers, and they became their sisters. There was much love and joy in the Meacham clan over the reunion of the girls and the beginning of our great adventure together. Here's what Tan and I learned through this experience. When we act justly, we experience the true joy of Jesus while glimpsing the grace and mercy that was offered to us. Jesus said it this way, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy will be made full. We experienced the fullness of Christ's joy in our family. In our celebration of their reunion, our tears of gratitude to the Lord, our joy was made full. We also glimpsed the grace and mercy God offers to all of us. Picture a courtroom scene. God, the Father, sitting majestically on the bench, asked us, the guilty sinner, how do you plead? Christ, the Son, stands as our defender. Not guilty, Your Honor, for I have paid their sin debt in full, and they have been washed clean by the blood. God, the Father, taps his gavel, declaring to us, your debt has been paid, your sins are forgiven, you are free to go. Standing in questioning bewilderment, we cry out, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. But Lord, where are we to go? What is to become of us? 
how are we to live? The Lord, smiling down upon us, puts down his gavel, stands and removes his judicial robe, laying it aside. He steps down from the bench, comes to our side, puts his strong, loving arm around us, and says, you will come home with me, for I will be your father. And Christ, your advocate, will be your brother. You will eat at my table, and you will be my child. We glimpse God giving us mercy and giving us grace. The second story is about doing justice by helping the girls learn to drive. As this is a necessity for people living in rural places like Anson County, I took it upon myself to teach all three of the girls at the same time. I began slowly by showing them how to check tire pressure and levels of engine oil and other fluids, carefully explaining the importance of each. I taught them how to change a flat tire, and I tested their knowledge by having each of them practice the skill. All the while, they gave verbal testimony to what incredible drivers they were. Uh, it sounded like a chorus from the movie Rain Man. I'm a very good driver. I'm a very good driver. I'm a very good driver. Uh, knowing full well, the only steering wheel they'd ever been behind was on a riding mower. Putting them behind the wheel of my car was a true act of faith for me. My emotions during our early driving sessions vacillated between stark terror and joyful elation. Stark terror at the approach of an oncoming vehicle, whereupon the girls would close their eyes, issue high-pitched screams, slam on the brakes, and drive off the right side of the road, <laughs> only avoiding the ditch when I would grab the wheel at the last moment. I felt joyful elation when they opened their eyes to realize we were still alive, <laughs> though, though emotionally shaken. After many months of practice, including hours of reviewing the driver's handbook and low-speed driving in parking lots, learning how to park and back up and make turns, the, the glorious day finally came to, to take their driving test. I took the day off work and drove the girls to the examiner's office in Popeton, plus those ladies. Somehow, they all passed, and the demolition derby began. They scraped bollards. They backed into cars and fast-moving trees. <laughs> they, they slammed into guardrails and ditches. And they managed to tear off side mirrors, destroy tires, damage front suspensions, and added numerous dents and scratches to our cars. They, they even broke the car horn. How do you break a car horn? <laughs> My, my patience waxed thin. My desire to do justice waned. My promise to render to the girls what was due 
wavered. In addition to the financial pain of auto insurance for three new drivers in the family, uh, was the pain of, of the auto, growing auto repair expenses. I, I was also experiencing the pain of just not feeling appreciated. I just wasn't feeling the love I thought I was due. One day in deep frustration, I lashed out at the Lord. As is my custom, when I can't handle something on the inside, I go outside. On this day, I began to walk the circuit around my yard. I have an acre and a half yard. As I walked that circuit, I poured out my disappointment to the Lord, saying, Father, Father, they never seem to appreciate how much all this costs. They seldom say they are sorry or grateful. And not once have they said they love me. The Father patiently listened, waiting for me to weary of my tirade. On my third lap around the yard, the Father stopped me cold with these words. David, my son, this is exactly how you treat me most of the time. Brothers and sisters, I fell to my knees in repentance, completely undone by my sin. In that moment, the Lord opened my eyes to the foolishness of my feelings and my actions. You see, I had made the error of thinking that doing justice was as much about me as it was the girls or even the Lord. The Father taught me through this experience that doing justice is about Him. That teaching the girls to drive and paying the cost was to be done as unto Him. The money, the cars, even my time, all belongs to him, he would provide. The Lord also taught me through this experience that rendering what is due is about what could be or should be. There for a time I lost sight of what the girls had suffered and I made doing justice about me. The 13 years they survived under the cruel hand of the wicked woman who enslaved them taught them to be wary of any act of kindness or any gift. For kindness and gifts always came with heavy cords of physical and mental torture attached. Any thankfulness they may have temporarily felt for an act of kindness or a gift was ultimately ripped away by beatings and verbal abuse. The girls told us about the many times they were forced to admit to wrongdoings 
that they had in fact not done. Saying they were sorry held no positive meaning to them. Everything they had experienced for 13 years was the exact opposite of love. The Lord helped me see that if Tan and I would persist in doing justice and giving the girls what was due, that one day they would be able to say, Thank you. I'm sorry. And I love you. The Lord would work all things to their good to make them what they could or should be. Though this was a painful episode in my pilgrimage with the Lord, He proved faithful and reminded me of the mercy and the grace He gave me and now required I give the girls. Dear brothers and sisters, is this not what the Father does for every one of us? In His mercy and grace, He lifts our lives out of the miry clay of sin, sets our feet on the solid ground of His truth, and shows us His way to live. As Jesus said of Himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Doing justice by rendering what is due is what the Lord requires of every single one of us who is a believer. Your opportunities will be different from those that the Father presented to Tanya and I, but they will be no less real or needful. Perhaps the Lord wants you to do justice to Him. Perhaps He wants you to do justice to your spouse, to your children, your grandchildren, your church family, your employer, your co-workers, your customers, your neighbors, even to strangers. However the Lord directs you, I say again, your opportunities will be different but they will be no less real or needful. Micah 6.8 says this, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Deuteronomy 16.20 says, Justice and only justice you shall pursue that you may live and possess the lands which the Lord your God is giving you. Today, Tanya and I testify that if we will faithfully do justice by rendering to others what is due, the Father will change us. And He will change those to whom we do justice. You may be wondering, what happened to the three girls? What has become of Jasmine, Holly, and Alex. This past year, Jasmine married a wonderful man of God. She turned 40. She came to us when she was 22. She waited. And God honored that. She married a wonderful man of God. 
she pursues her, her love of music in leading worship in church and works in a customer service firm uh, for a local financial company. Holly follows her passion for helping others as a personal trainer and in working with supervisors of, uh, uh, excuse me, when working with survivors of human trafficking. Alex also married a wonderful man of God, has two sons, works in communication for a health care provider, and is very active in her church. We as a family remain totally committed to each other and the Lord. And no, they haven't had any car accidents in many years. <laughs> and, and yes, they have learned how to say, I'm sorry and thank you. And I love you. Doing justice, providing to others what is due them, requires us to pay attention to both what we do and how we do it. There is an insert in today's church bulletin entitled Seven Biblical Principles of Doing Justice. It is provided to us to give us guidance in how to do justice. Please take it home. Please read it. Please apply it. I pray each of us as believers will commit to do justice, to render to others what is due. This morning I have spoken primarily to believers. As Warren Wiersbe has said, we cannot do justice unless we have been justified by faith and are right with God. Only a person who has truly repented of their sins received God's gift of salvation through the shed blood of Christ and experienced the goodness of God and the life-changing mercy and grace of our Heavenly Father can truly do justice. If you are not a believer this morning, I pray God's conviction of sin in your life and I beg you to come to Jesus. Do it today. Do it this morning. You may see yourself as a kind person or as a person who is particularly mindful of the needs of others and may even live a life of many good works. Yet Scripture is clear. We are justified by faith, not works. Come to Christ, and then good works will truly be works of righteousness. If you are already a believer, I pray God's conviction of doing justice in your life and I beg you to do justice in your living room, in the courtroom, and in the world. Failure to give God what is due Him or to people what is due them is practicing injustice. Render unto God what is due God and unto all people what is due them in accordance with the Word of God. Remember, we do justice as unto our Heavenly Father and leave the rewards of doing justice and the punishment for doing injustice to Him. If you are visiting this morning and came expecting to hear Brother, Brother Rodney speak, I apologize that you missed him and instead got stuck with me. Please come back next week. 
I promise you will be blessed by the Lord. Better yet, I encourage you to come back every week. Join us here at Red Hill, as my wife and I did last year, and be blessed to serve and be served. As Tan and I often testify about you, you will find a sweet, sweet spirit of worship and service here at Red Hill Baptist Church and a place where you can both work and grow in the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters, we are a working church and a church that works because of your faithfulness to our Lord and Savior. God richly bless you and your families as we do justice together. Thank you.